Welcome to the Autonomy Talent Podcast, where we feature creatives, discuss what they do, what they do to promote their creative endeavors, and try to come up with new methods that might boost their results and yours. We'll also have the occasional industry expert here to talk about what's new in digital marketing. So enjoy the show and remember to always live intentionally. Welcome, everybody. The beginning of this recording got a little messed up, so I'm going to jump in here and introduce Marcel. Marcel is, uh, has a project he calls Nice Humans. He's f- living in the UK currently, originally from Spain, as you'll hear momentarily, but Marcel does some cool stuff, man, so I wanted to get him here on the show here for you guys, so check it out. We cover quite a few topics. Uh, yeah, my name is Marcel, and yeah, as I was saying, um Finally, the weather is getting better here, so another thing I, I don't have to miss uh, from back home. Eh? <laughs> I get that for sure. Where is back home? So I live in, I, I'm from from Gandia. I, born in, I was born in, in Barcelona, but I grew up in Gandia, so this is um, Spain, it's the, the eastern, uh, the east coast now, like to, to call it. We have... Um, yeah, very good food, good vibes, and, and good weather. Um, I moved. I moved here about um, first time I came to to Edinburgh was about six years ago. Um, wanted to really learn English. Didn't couldn't speak any English back then. Um, uh, Bill, I'm not sure about the the volume. Can you hear me? All all good. Otherwise, yeah. I can crack the the card a bit more. Yes, volume's great. Nice, nice, nice. So yeah, I've been been living here steady for the last uh, four years now. So traveling for a while. Um, where where do you live? Where are you from, Bill? I'm in Dallas, Texas, in the oh, U.S. Nice. I was I was a little taken aback when you first got on the call here because I knew you were in Scotland and uh, you had a Latin accent. I was like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> So that's why I was wondering, where are you from originally? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm from I'm from Spain. Um, I speak Catalan, um, Valencia, awesome. and um, yeah, it's great. I, I could tell it was definitely a Latin accent. Yeah, yeah. It sounds very similar to you know. I'm here in Texas, and Mexico uh-huh. is right next door to us, and we have oh, yeah. a very large percentage of Mexican immigrants that live around uh-huh. here, and so. Uh, it's a Spanish accent, so it sounds really yeah. similar. That's great. Um, never been to America, never been to Mexico, but love to visit there. Have my good friend, uh, uh, Way, you know, Diego, we call him Way. Uh, he's a brilliant bassist. He's from La Puebla, in Mexico. Eh? Uh, he went to visit uh, his family not long ago, you know, and brought some uh, beautiful food and drinks from there. Um, 
un tamarindo, un son mezcal. Nice. It's nice. Yeah. Shout out to him. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. Like I've I've been to Mexico before, uh, but just to the border towns. I've never been like actually down into Mexico. Just so I don't really have a good feel of what Mexico is actually like because those border towns are they're tourist yeah. traps. You know, just like any other place that's touristy, you don't know what the real area is like. Like if you go to Hawaii, you know, you hit you just hit like Waikiki Beach and you don't know what it's like out. You know, the people that live there, well, you know what it's really like for them. True. So true that. It, yeah. Really need to spend a bit of time there, no? At least a couple of months to to go to the outside of the what would be like the touristic route, no? Where the bus the bus would take you around to make photos. Yeah, going on a tour like that, that'd be fun. No, I was saying that just to do the opposite, no? And I mean, if you go for a week, you'd be doing all of that, no? The the bus tour and going to the I guess the most famous places around, no? But you have chance to spend a bit more of time, eh? It gets a bit more more interesting to to meet the the local people around and just chat to people and sit next to them, and have a chat. <clears throat> Not right now with the virus though, but things are going better. So um, they seem to be. Yeah. Um, I know here in Texas, our governor of the state, that he rescinded the mandatory mask mandate, which just oh. happened. It just went into effect today. So it's, there's no more statewide mandate, but nearly all like businesses and stuff still have the signs on the doors, you know, wear a mask, and they're enforcing mm. that fairly well. And I don't see many people stopping that. I, I know some people that are just – they've hated wearing it from day one. And they're, as soon as they get a chance to not wear one, they're going to not wear one. And mm. it's there's gonna be some probably some conflict arise from that, but you know everybody just stay safe out there. I'm not gonna uh, you make you do you make your best decisions, but uh, I'm gonna be wearing mine for the foreseeable future until I, this stuff dies down a little bit more. Yeah, same same here. Um, um, I've just been invited to 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 play to a festival in, in September, still in this farm festival. Um, nice. not, not, not just with nice humans though, but like I'm part of a collective sketchy bits and we, we do have a tent there in the festival and I'm happy on, on one side. I'm really happy we, we can play again. Um, and make those beautiful jam sessions and, and be around people, no, but uh, at the same time, I wonder how that is going to be. Um, of course, as soon as I can, I'll get the vaccine, no. But even though people is like wondering, is it gonna be like social distancing, ca- distance kind of festival, which difficult to imagine, no? But <laughs> uh, it's been happening. Uh, they tried before, and um, uh, not in Scotland though. But uh, we are wondering, no, is is this going to to play, no? Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. They've opened things back up somewhat here, but like there are clubs and restaurants and bars and stuff that are having music again, have had for several months now, but it's all social distance. It's like half the tables. They usually actually have removed most half the tables and they've just spaced the rest of them out. They've got the rest of them hidden, you know, in the storeroom in the back or something. How does it feel? Have you been there as a public? Like, 
Oh yeah. Yeah, we played one show last year and with my band. You guys, you probably didn't even realize I was in a band, but yeah, we we played one show last year in December, and oh. it was it was there wasn't a much of a crowd. The tables were really spaced apart, and even for the limited capacity, we weren't anywhere near that limited capacity. So mm. it was a really slow night for the for the venue, but it was still fun to get up there and play. Oh yeah. So what's your band uh, called? Um, I'll I'll check them out after the. Well, we're called As Trust Kills, but we, we don't have any recordings out as of yet, so there's, oh, we don't have any like Spotify or anything. We've got a few like you know live videos on our, our Facebook and Instagram, but that's about it for right now. All right. Nice. Uh, which kind of music do you play? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm not trying to interview you, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to take my job now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we uh we have we're a hard rock band. Right, right. Bordering on the metal side, but not, I wouldn't really call us metal. We're more hard rock, so. Right. Nice, more more nice, that's great. Love hard rock, bro. I mean, um, I started playing guitar because I was a fan of, and I'm still a fan of Caius, uh, the Just Home band before, Queens of Tonate. And that's how, how I get basically in, into melodies, uh, My guitarist will just leave the guitar for the for the week, and during the week I'll get a bit tired of the dr- of the drums or too curious about getting the guitar and trying to make something out of it. And it was great. Um, that's how I started playing guitar, playing hard rock. That's awesome. I started I started um, well before I really was actually had developed my my personal taste in music i was only like i think 12 when i got my first guitar my parents got it for me it's a cheap little harmony acoustic guitar that they picked nice. up like a you know at a department store or something probably like montgomery wards it doesn't even exist anymore <laughs> but, <laughs> um, probably, i'm sure it never did over there but um it it was it it was a decent little one to try to learn on but it it broke like one day i was just sitting in my room when i was i guess about 14 And it was just leaning up against the wall on the other side of the room, and suddenly the bridge, the wooden part that the strings attached to at the bottom, just huh. decided to explode. From oh the, no! From the tension of the strings, and I, it just out of the blue one day, it just popped, and it just shattered into like a thousand pieces. And it oh no! Wood was it like all the way across was the it room, one? It was like shrapnel. <laughs> oh, oh no! It was loud. It was pretty dramatic. All the strings going bang, bang, bang. It, it, it was. It, It startled the hell out of me. <laughs> you don't want to be close to that guitar when it's about to explode like what, like that. Eh? Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't actually like playing at the t- at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was do you think it was like a change in humidity or temperature? Was it the bridge too high? The action too high? It was my own fault because I was mm. young, young and didn't know any better. It was. It originally had nylon strings, and I put steel strings on it. Right, right, and right. And it was—it just was not handled. It was not <laughs> made to handle that kind of pressure. So, well, it has to happen for you to learn it, you know. Yep. Optimism. So. <laughs> Some of us have to learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got another one that was a Martin Sigma acoustic, so it's a bit nicer one. I got when I was 15. My grandfather got it for me, and I actually still have that one. So. Nice, nice. 
I've had to have it yeah. worked on a couple of times because the action would get a little little off the neck and get a little bow into wow. it in it. But it it's back to it's not quite perfect because the the face, the front of the body has mm. got some warpage to it. So that's letting the bridge pull up a little bit. So, so you'll never get the action down to where I'd really like it mm. unless we pulled it apart and added bracing and it's not worth doing that with so I'll just hang on to it the way it is. Uh, it's cool to have um, an instrument that uh, belonged to your family. No? I have this Spanish guitar from my mom when she was 16. I remember trying to play that guitar when I was a kid. Eh? And it was just like painful. It was I was trying to, pay, to play and <laughs> it was just too painful. I wanted to just go back to my toy drums, you know, and I smashed them. That was like uh, rewarding and it wasn't painful. I think that's, that drove me to just play drums eh? I'm talking when I was like five six years old eh? I would get these toy drums mostly every year like every Christmas I would have the same gifts because I would destroy them during the year <laughs> <laughs> it was easy for my parents though they had to think about an, a new present for me <laughs> that's true I know my yeah. daughter always had some toy drums like that when she was little and now yeah. she has now she has the real thing so Oh yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I think I actually jumped from from the toy drums to just steal the pots and pans from my grandma, eh? and and just like going to a friend's house and just smash pots and pans um, till my my grandma will find out and uh, will tell me off. Where's my pants? Where are my pots? No, what did you do? <laughs> so you're in trouble <laughs> yeah 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 basically and then basically when i was 16 i saved enough for for a drums kind of made a deal with my parents now to get it half and half and and i still have these same drums next to me awesome 16, uh, 18 years after they are here in edinburgh <laughs> made and send uh, send here a couple of boxes, a couple of boxes, it was like 56 kilos of stuff, and instruments. Well, well worth, well worth. Now I have a good setup here. You know, in Edinburgh, the music scene is way better than than Spain. Eh? Well, in Spain, especially in Gandia, um, where for some, some seasons it was good, it was promising, but then clubs will take over nightlife and kind of like more of this, the commercial side of electronic music now will take over and then geeks cards started dying and i had clear that that, that wasn't a, uh, the easiest place to to just to live by doing geeks and, and just making music eh? so i believe that yeah yeah and here it's the music scene is pretty strong here but it's it's huge and there's there are a lot of venues but there are also a lot of bands so trying to get mm-hmm. trying to get booked and all that and trying to make a living doing it is going to be difficult and pretty much everyone that here that's in a local band has a has a day job so doing mm-hmm. something else yeah 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 same here at the moment i've been well been teaching drums since uh, I don't know, I was 21 or 22 teaching drums and 
now I have a home studio recording here in Edinburgh and um, it's going good it's going good can't complain especially during those times no yeah absolutely yeah 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 so I believe it's it's we passed the words you know and and when now we're just heading to (laughs) to the good times no the the old times yes um yeah by next year we will think in I hope in another another problems Hopefully so. Yeah. So tell me about Nice Humans. How? What is? Yeah. Um. What is the arrangement? Or how, how many members? Uh, so when did, when did y'all come about and all that good stuff? Yeah. So basically, <clears throat> about six seven years ago, um, I started recording music with computers, and I wanted to build something. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. Not that I know what I'm doing right now that much, but, you know, riding the, the wave and having fun is important for me, no? Um, so I just recorded, started, uh, I just started recording synthesizers and guitars with a destroyed EMU second-hand card that I bought, like, for 30 euros, and and then I dropped, and then the, the cover <laughs> it was completely destroyed. I was still working. And actually, I used that same card to record the vocals for One by One. That was the first single I released just a year ago. It was last year in February and uh, January, I think. And it's great. Um, had a lot of fun. Learned lots because I recorded the, the song, but then uh, my friend Pablo recorded the, the chorus, what would then be the, the chorus, no? But I didn't have a main singer. I wanted this a female vocal to make a bit of contrast between the voice of uh, my friend Pablo, no? And I met a, a girl, Sunny, in Australia, no? She was, she had the perfect, um, just like, kind of felt that it was the perfect voc- vocals for, for the song, no? And she loved the song and she did came from Australia to Gandia. And, and recorded the vocals. It was great. It took quite a while, but uh, it was great. Uh, basically, I do the the music all by myself. Everything by the bo- but the vocals. So I will do the songs, and then I will hunt for a, for the vocal that I like. You know, a voice that fits the song. So I have my folders with some songs already done, and then when I hear a, song, uh, a singer, I will contact them and. And I will just share my music, no pressure, and tell them that just to collaborate if they do like the song, and um, no pressure to or to to say yes or no. You know, like it, it just works better when when the other person likes the song. And and yeah, it's been great. Um, just doing more music faster as well because I learn I'm learning more about. Mixing, uh, mastering, because uh, I also mix and master the the songs I release. Everything except the the first one, one by one, was uh, mixed and, ba- and mastered by me. With with the first one, one, one by one, I didn't have the skills yet, um, so it w- I kind of gave it half mix to a friend of mine, Hamish, and it was brilliant. We 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 got to the point where where we were really happy. And yeah, I, th- I feel that the, the learning curve is it's something that you have to feed in order to 
to learn more no and then you can uh, i can really feel it when i hear the mixes from two years ago no and and i hear the mixes today uh, can compare you know and yeah especially when i don't have much money to invest in the project i do invest it but try to save that that bit by just doing it myself I totally get that. I mean, my band is just now trying to get started recording. We're trying to do some self-recording, and it's it's been a challenge so far. We haven't even gotten to the mixing part yet. We're just still just trying to get solid tracks recorded, and that's mm-hmm. been a challenge. But we're we're working on it. Yeah. Um. Those 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 challenges paid off. Uh, will pay off on the second recording. You know, on the third one. You know, something that music is something that. Uh, I do for for the rest of my days, you know, and I want to do as much music as I can while I'm alive. So I think that's the I'll be the quickest way, other than than trying to save the money and invest it on that. No? It's actually really difficult now to to get your music heard across because there are so many songs coming out every day, you know. Uh-huh. And of course, everybody deserves a chance for the song to be listened. Eh? But they, yeah, it's wild times. I mean, especially now after the pandemic and everybody staying home and learning new skills. I mean, I think we are facing uh, an amazing year of new music, new artists and r- really cool stuff already coming out now. But uh, especially for the next year, I think it's going to be interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. It- it's definitely an interesting time. Uh, like you said, like anyone can get out there and publish. It takes some work and you have to do, well, you need to d- take your time and learn how to do it properly. Not everyone does. There are those that put some stuff out there that they, it probably wasn't ready to be released as of yet. But, you know, hey, props <laughs> to them for trying. I, I, you know, that's <laughs> that takes some, some guts to get out there and do that. But... Like you said, it's it's difficult to get heard. I'm, there's such a volume, and like I don't know the numbers for like Spotify and how many new tracks are being added to it. But this is a, like a fact I shared with my daughter just last night, actually, that um, there is more content being uploaded to YouTube every day than has been. Uh, if you take all of the history of broadcast television, every single show <laughs> that was ever aired on broadcast TV, and combined it. <gasps> More oh, no. than that is uploaded to YouTube every single that's day. Crazy, that's crazy, man! Wow, that's wild. Pfft. Yeah, not if you can include cable and all that, but just regular, you know, broadcast television. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's wow. So, and music is real similar to that. I mean, there's so much like just going on Twitter and just talking with everybody. Like, almost everyone I know is releasing new projects this year. Yeah. They all they all released one last year. Some of them are releasing. Like, I've got uh, one friend of mine who's, uh, who's been on the show a couple of times now. All that second one hasn't aired yet. Um, well, it will have by the time this airs. So <laughs> there's right. that. But um, Karma, she's, like, trying to drop a, another track every two weeks for, like, a period of, like, six months or something like that. It's It's incredible the pace that – people wow. are putting out nowadays that's a that's a really good challenge that's a really good challenge a track every two, two weeks um well it's, it's hard i mean it's dedication of course but um i listened to this uh, podcast now brian funk uh 
music production podcast and they have this kind of uh, challenge that lasted for for a month which i haven't participated because i was i was getting the the high place phenomenon the last tp i released i was getting everything ready no so exactly so that was in january yeah so they recorded the the challenge was to record a, a song an idea every day on january you know was like kind of a jam january and and then in February, you would talk, take these ideas and kind of um, shape them into a final song. And that's a huge amount of uh, volume of, of work, no? Of course, you can choose how much, how much time you spend um, on each track, uh, which is something I, I really like about FL Studio, that you can check on each project and know the amount of time you you spend on a track because it's you know it's so easy you know to to lose track of the time when you're working on something that you like you know and then we go and flow you know and time kind of disappears but uh, if you want to release songs if you want to be uh, as you say you now this piece of releasing a song every two weeks is really cool um it's a really good uh, way to, to push yourself and, and create more and share more no yeah, it's that's just a crazy pace that I can't even imagine. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> then you you got you got projects like Board of Canada, no, a great inf- a good influence for me, and they uh, how to say so thirty percent of their tracks uh, maybe it's a bit too much, no, but lots of their tracks they have never been released. Officially, you know, but uh, the community, the, the people loves it. I mean, the views are there, the comments are there, you know, um, which makes me question myself. You now, when I judge a song and I finish a song and I'm like, mm, should I should I publish this or not? You know, when you say no and you put them on this folder, no, um, all this work is is it's just compromise not to. Not to be shared and not it's not that it won't be worth because you learn through the process always, but once the work is done, you know you could maybe rescue it and see how it sounds now after two years. see if uh, that guitar that uh, was making you doubt you can just mute it and instead of adding something more no extracting uh, something that uh, really works sometimes no and suddenly uh, I will kill this guitar and I will send it to a singer you know and a singer will love will love it, no, and and then the song will get released. So it make, makes you makes you think, no. Um, sometimes uh, you will release a song, you know, you will think uh, the song is not going too far away, you know. I like it just enough to release it, no? and then that song will do the best, you know. Uh, you are not the one deciding, uh, so <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty curious trick self-doubt that uh, we have no but uh, it's important to 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 let yourself go and release music even if it doesn't sound perfect because you don't want it to sound perfect uh, because we are not perfect nobody's perfect so imperfections connect with people as well no exactly there's a fine line, you know, between making sure everything is bit polished and like adjusting it in the track or what or in the DAW. That's or it's, um, what's the term yeah. for that? Um, 
there's a word for that. Um, like tweak, tweaking to infinity, no? Like, yeah, you know, just, make sure everything is perfectly synced in there. Yeah. Every note, you kind of move around a little bit to get it just yeah. right. And you can tell, um, the, the listener can tell that when it's like you, that. When everyone, If you have a little more organic feel to it, sometimes it'll come off a little better. But there's got to be that balance there. You don't want it to yeah. be sloppy, but you don't want it to be so polished that it just doesn't even sound like yeah. real people did it you know yeah yeah uh, you know what you don't want to overdo it and um when you are you are thinking that you are not overdoing it and just doing little a 2db here uh 2db less here you know they won't no nobody will notice nobody will notice you know i will it won't really care that much you know um especially especially in, in, if you go a bit deeper no and sidechain EQ and sidechain compression uh, they're great tools eh? but uh, once the, the song uh, sounds good as that's the motto I go by yeah if it sounds good it's good <laughs> that's it <laughs> no need Absolutely. to tweak and still <laughs> hours that you could spend on making another track you know Exactly. You spend all that time spit polishing one thing <laughs> when uh, you could, you know, be out there working on the next one. I'm a so big fan of like getting stuff out. The best, so the best song in the world is completely worthless if nobody hears it. There you go. There you go. And that's a good one. And if you if you improve the song later on, then you have something to offer when you're playing it live. You know. So it's not that uh, it's the end of the world, you know. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. But you know, we'll get there eventually. It's just can be frustrating at times for both for both sides, you know, because they don't. They're like, I don't want to put out something that's not exactly perfect. And I'm like, mm, I don't want to wait around till you you decide it's actually perfect. So, like a lot of bands, like Tool had that issue. Um, they, mm. That's why they spent, it was like 12 or 13 years between their last album and the one before it, mm. because, because Maynard just kind of like bounced. Their singer, he just kind of bowed out, said, all right, y'all get the, the music done, and then I'll come track my vocals, because yeah. he said they're so particular, and they'll spend so much time sitting and tweaking yeah. every little detail. He said, I can't work like that. They, I let them do that. I have to have them just get all the music completely done. And ready, they're done with it. They're they've EQ'd it. They've make they've done everything they want to do with it. Then I'll come lay my vocals on it. Um, yeah, no, and then you can feel it, and you can feel it if you hear Animal Lateralus, you know, the Ten Thousand Days, and then you you can feel the the, the synergy with the vocals with Manier and and them, no, the musicians are. Uh, it's 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 more intertwined, no. On the last record, I still like it, but it, it feels more like um, I don't know if I would be honestly able to um, just distinguish it so quick because I've read it, you know, that it was like that, how they recorded it. And then I was like, releasing to it, it was like, it kind of makes sense in, in some parts, you know, that it's been like kind of a, almost like a beat, no? This part and then this part and then this part. And then Mainier just painted the voice over it, you know. 
which I like. I have a, this discussion with my 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 mate Alex, eh? and he loves really loves the fair inoculum, and I'm more about the, uh, the stuff they've done in the past, and still like it, you know. But it's different. It's it's a different feeling. Um, and for him, it's the best. It's, it's a better feeling. <laughs> it was a long time they didn't release uh, any album, so I'm I'm really glad to. Feel in Oakland, uh, just even to come out because it's, it's great to see. Um, forgot the name of the drummer now. Um, yeah, Maynard's the only one whose name I know of yeah. in that band. <clears throat> um, but uh, there was a, a cam, a drum cam, no, uh, facing him, and uh, while well, he was playing Noma, and just seeing playing right, it's just like so relaxed and such an energy, you know, uh, you really can tell that. He, <laughs> been playing for a long time and drum drum beats. cams are fun to watch like it, it doesn't matter what the style is or anything I'm mean, anything from like dream theater to like slayer you know <laughs> anything yeah. in between like yeah. you, you watch the drum cam if they've got one set up back there it's like he they are so when they're playing live that drummer is <laughs> so switched on it's not even funny <laughs> Bill, I used to uh, hate when I was a kid, no, and I used to watch video clips, no, or 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 lives, no, and I used to complain that the drummer wasn't taking enough uh, screen time, you know. I was like, what is the drummer? I want to see, like, especially when he's making a cool break, like, yeah, I want to see the expression face of the guitarist while I'm listening a, a drum solo, you know. Put me the drum solo. Exactly. And the, uh, now to have this is like it's. It's amazing, and it, I see I see it more more way more leveled now. You know when I when I see a, a video of a live, you know, and uh, it to, it totally changes. It used to be just like singer or like singer and the guitarist, but the drummer was just there in the back, you know, doing the thing mm-hmm. and and not getting much screen time. And now it's like the cam. I mean, you could have ten cameras and the size of your hand, you know. So it's just right. like put one on every cymbal, you know, and. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you could easily start. sync up 20 cameras on a stage oh, yeah. and not ever get in the way. So you just have like little GoPros on the on the hi hat stand, you know, <laughs> things like that. You totally, totally. Wait for the for the drone silent drones. Um, I mean, I don't know anything about drones, but uh, uh, a silent drone next to you is just uh, floating and record your recording your your movements. Eh? Like, I kind of get creepy, creepy and amazing at the same time. I want to figure out a way to mount a GoPro to like my drummer, one of my drummer's sticks while he's playing. Oh yeah. And, and record that. So just looking down the end, down towards the tip of the stick from his hand, and as he's playing, I'm, I want to see what that view would look like. Cause so I'm, some, I'm sure sometimes you would get really dizzy because he's one of those drummers that has like twelve <laughs> or fifteen cymbals, you know. So he's all over the place with the cymbal work and all that stuff. So Wait until he learns to spin the 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 drumstick, and it'll get even <laughs> more dizzy. <laughs> I'm sure he probably can. I don't. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen him twirl his drumsticks or not. But uh, <laughs> I, or surely he can. Hell, I can drum. I can twirl drumsticks. But <laughs> I can't play the drums very well. But I can twirl a drum. Yeah, but I'll do that. Yeah. I can look. There like you go. Shout, shout out the uh, um, GoPro. You know. Uh, shout yeah. out to um, invest some time onto these um, beautiful ideas of uh, attaching the uh, cameras where you never thought before. 
I need to go. I don't. The, the newer ones are uh, most of them are like the bigger ones. I want the really small, like just a little small yeah. cube one. Like my yeah. my daughter has one of those that I got her a couple of years ago, and like I want to try to invest in a couple more of those, those little small ones for things like that. Because like I've been you know wanting to play around with like mounting one on the headstock of my guitar, looking down the neck, and yeah, yeah, catch different views like that. So. Totally, I would have one um, if playing the bass or the guitar, just just facing the public, you know. Facing yeah. the folks, just shouting and 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 then it's good. You have you can have a um, a mic, a couple of mics, just recording the noise of the crowd, you know. Yeah. And then and then use that. Uh, I love when the, the reaction is is just there in the video, you know. It kind of becomes a organic, uh, like you there. Yeah. It'd be fun <laughs> to have like all the members with GoPros, like with um like uh, like a head mount, you know, like a. A strap Something. on their head where they can mount it on top of their heads. It would look stupid on stage, I guess, but it would be, <laughs> it'd be fun to do. So you can like just everybody, you get the different like in our case like five different views of the crowd. Uh-huh. You can switch back and forth in between. No bad, eh? No bad. You can even uh, create a band around that, you know, and and just so the name fits the purpose, and then everybody has a 360 cam, and now you can, you can, you can change the the angle of each of the different members and just like see yourself <laughs> on the public just with the cam of the of the bassist in, in his hat you know something like that exactly <laughs> yeah great great stuff coming for 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 musicians i think um technology speaking uh technologically speaking that's a word. Um, I was listening to the to the keyboard player of uh, Dream Theater, and he was being interviewed on that same podcast I was telling you before. Yeah, what was the name of that podcast again? Uh, this um, me, uh, Brian Funk Music uh, Production Podcast. Okay, I was, I'd written it down, but I was want to make sure I got that right. No, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. cut you off there. What you're saying about the Dream Theater keyboard player? Yeah, yeah, he was interviewing him, and he was saying that the. Uh, the keyboard player, no? He was saying that he, when he was a kid, he would wish to do. He was thinking, no, this, um, his top players, no, his heroes, uh, were using like crazy technology and like pianos and synthesizers that were unreachable for the normal folk, and and he discovered that the, that wasn't like that, you know, and 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 now he can show that to, to like someone that's starting to play synthesizers or pianos, you know. This guy has a his own Patreon and his own uh, uh, Facebook um, group and his own YouTube, you know, and shows and explains all the setup, all the gig, all the rigs, so you can get exactly the same sounds. And that's really cool because before we we just had to kind of guess and 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 try the best, no? But now you can you can see it firsthand. So yeah, you know, I found it really. Crazy times, amazing um, times for for share and and share your your methods. No, um, I'm not the best um, social media interact. Like I don't put as much material I, w- I would like to put, and, and it's definitely something I wanna I wanna become better to. But uh, so far, what I, what I put out there, you know, um, it's, I always get some 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 reaction to it you know and this is called are you any good at like social media and like what's 
the way to promote stuff you do with um I, I did a lot of social media and even google um uh-huh. you know, seo stuff okay for some other small businesses and whatnot i'm now trying to transfer that over into doing it for for music and musicians and such so um I, I know a lot of the tricks but trying to adapt it to this uh-huh. market and i'm still working out the the fine points of that but because there's you know as you well know there are a lot of things that in the music industry that are unique that you don't get in like a restaurant or you know things of that nature so it's it's a fun challenge though um like uh what what did you mean by by that like what would you get in on a on a marketing strategy for a restaurant that you would wouldn't get for a for a marketing strategy for your podcast no ex- they are not the same no but uh, just right. to get some insights of it and maybe some advice and, and I can learn some some from you bro well some of the things I've, I I see that others are doing that's working well for music they're uh they're trying to get media for one thing they're going to blogs um be it just regular music blogs music review blogs and they're handing them you know mm-hmm. like trying to get on there to get exposure they're going to other podcasts like this be it mm-hmm. interview shows like this style or just straight music review podcast or youtube shows which is about the same thing you know music review youtube channels and of that nature they're going mm-hmm. out finding people like me who do music media and trying to get exposure that way that's one way you get a you can get a lot because you can do a couple of interviews you can throw several people in mp3 and let them review it and this and that and so you can get a lot of exposure that way um also playlists trying to get on playlists paying to get playlist placement Mm. is like probably a um at best a break-even game because you're going to spend so much that you're if you earn back enough off the streams to pay for the placement then you'll be doing good but is it do you want to invest a little bit of money there it's more of a long game you're wanting to get more brand awareness from those streams Mm. you're not necessarily worried about just like you know transactionally getting enough money back to cover the money you put into it but there's are people who have been exposed to you now and are more familiar with you, and will next time they hear you, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember them." So it's it it you can't it's the ROI on that is never complete until you're done making music, you know, or even beyond mm-hmm. that is still for until your music is no longer even a thing. It's so you can't really ever fully calculate that ROI. So mm-hmm. that's another option too. If you want to pay for some playlist submissions, just know what you're getting into. You may not make enough back from that to cover that cost initially mm. but it's a long you know the long play that it might work out for you doing it yourself mm. chasing down playlist is of course the easier way to I mean, the the cheaper way to go about it but it's a lot of work um mm. there are also websites that help you with that too but you, you can pay a membership fee to those and and they'll help you track down playlists that fit your your niche and and then there's yeah. Things like um, sync licensing that you can do at, that are another nice revenue source and 
way to gain exposure because if you like get your song licensed to be in a video game, not only mm-hmm. are you getting paid for that, but then that's a bunch of people that are playing that game. They're going mm-hmm. to hear your music now, and they they hear it a bunch of times while they're playing this game. They're like, "What is this song?" And they're like, "Shazam it" or something. And they're like, "Oh, okay." Mm-hmm. And they might, might go check you out after there that. You there you go. There you go. The great, great uh, advice. Um, I definitely have a another reason to send this episode to some of. Uh, some of my friends eh? um i did some of the stuff you mentioned uh, like the playlist placements uh-huh. i haven't i never paid for it though because i have a mixed feeling um, yeah there is there is obviously a people know that has bots and then once you pay them and uh, those bots will listen to the song and then the numbers will go up and it looks like um, and i can yeah, yeah. i can see it on some bands you know you would see that the the place of the songs, uh, even though they were released like just a month ago, um, mm-hmm. they will have a 3,000, 4,000 plays. All the plays will ver- will look very similar. And then I came back to the same band um, and had one monthly listener, you know. Um, so when I compare that to my data, my data you know, I, I barely have plays. I will have like 6,000 6, 6, plays um, since last year on February, you know, uh, which I'm glad, I'm really glad. But uh, I can see that the number of monthly listeners, well, just by today, eh? um, and it, it's like around 60 or so, and um, it's steady, you know, it won't, it won't go down from 40, it, will, it, will go, it won't go that much as 200. But the uh, the place uh, it it can't go that fast, you know, uh, and then just drop to absolutely nothing, you know. So then the metrics for me, if I'm paying for a service like that, they they become useless. And one of the only one of the good things of uh, Spotify offers, um, or I would say the best thing at the moment, because money wise is is pretty sad, no. Uh, it's the metrics. So with the metrics, I can know when I when I release a song or when I do a promotion on, on a certain country if it works or it doesn't work. You know, um, I did I did try a couple of um, times to chuck a really amount of a really amount of a really small amount of money like a fiber uh, to submit hub. They I don't know if you yeah. know it. But yeah. So. In some for people that is listening and doesn't know it, it basically connects lots of uh, review magazines and on instagram uh, how they call them influencers and right. and just labels and and it the rates the response rates and accept accepted songs rates are not high uh, for everybody uh, for like in general and i got I got a couple of uh, plays there, but nothing, nothing too important now. Um, Submit so yeah, up another. I'll oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying that uh, just just to pack it up. No, I don't want to make it this uh, this answer too long, but 
basically where I invested the money and invested like 20 quid on, on some advertising for um, Facebook, for example, you know, where yeah. I put an ad and then they could click. It was a video, something moving, then boom, they could click and it brings them to, to Spotify. You know? It was good. I got um, I got some engagement from that, you know, but nothing excessive, nothing like I get emails like, oh, placement, uh, uh, placelet, playlist placement. Uh, 200 quid uh, and they prom- promise you the place you know but yeah uh, when i want to reach is or, or is pe- is the people that will like it by themselves you know not i'm not too worried about the number of the of the places if it the people is not really enjoying it you know so it's always this these two feelings battling oh i totally know what you're talking about there and like the playlist you're talking about the bots you you, if you're submitting to a playlist, you need to kind of go look at that playlist and you can look mm. and see who follows it. And you can usually tell when it's a lot of bots. And so, and actually, Spotify has really been trying to get better at cracking down on that. So, like, I've even heard about people as of late that are buying streams for other artists to help get them dinged in the algorithm to help raise themselves up. I'm like, okay, that's kind of shady. I don't, I don't. It is. I don't. I don't appreciate that. Whole so another thing. artist will will put money on another artist to to yes to put, to get them either crazy. taken down or getting you know smacked down by the algorithm because they're you know Spotify right, can see they're, right, they're, right, right. they're buying that that they're buying streams and That's they don't realize it. Oh, no. But you're talking about Submit Hub. I'm, I've actually been talking to several people lately and. That seems to be the general consensus is that, yeah, you submit to like a hundred places, you might get one or two. You know, there's a lot of rejections. The rejection rate is really high for pretty much everybody across the board because there's just such a volume of stuff. And like like we've talked about before, the people that have submissions coming in, they're looking and they're like, oh, my God, they get like 10,000 or whatever. I'm sure it's not that much, but it's hundreds or maybe of submissions. And they have to just kind of pick and choose, and they go through and they find a couple that they want, and they're like, okay, good, and then just kind of like ditch the rest of them. But that's going to happen. You've kind of got to expect that. But um, yeah. I know like J.J. Easton, he's uh, with the Louisiana Project. It's he, okay. he was on – actually, the episode that just aired this week as we're recording this was his episode, and he, he talked a little bit about that about Submit Hub on there. Uh-huh. Actually, I don't know if he actually we talked about it on the show or if he he and I talked about it separately because he and I have stayed in contact and become friends. Um, I agree. So we've been kicking ideas back and forth, but I know he's been using Submit Hub quite extensively, and you know you know there's there's tiers as you well know different things uh-huh. different yeah. things you can submit to media and to you know sync licensing deals and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff through them, and. Uh, He's been having some success with it. He said that yeah, the the um, rejection rate is extremely high, like ninety ninety five percent or more rejection rate. But you get a few here and there, and it and then hmm. actually their first month of they put out like a EP. I don't know if it's an EP or just a, like three singles that they dropped. I don't remember how it was formatted, but they've got three or four songs out now. And their first month they were tr- I mean, he was pushing it hard during that time. And wow. they were trying to hit 5,000 streams in that first month. And they fell a little short. They were about like, f- I think, 4,600 or something like that. But I was like, Yay. wow, that's impressive for your first month. So. <laughs> <laughs> great, great stuff, man. Well, uh, I'm glad. Thanks. 
Shout out to him. What's his name? I'll check his name. His name's JJ. The, look up the Louisiana Project. I can send you the link to there. Um, okay. Or if you go on the the podcast, the episode that's the latest one out. Well, not the latest right. one. Cause I, just, I just actually dropped a uh, indie artist spotlight edition to this morning, but the one that came out on Monday was his okay. interview, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the links are in the show notes. At least his link tree nice. links the show notes. So. Nice one. Definitely or in the description on the player. <clears throat> yeah, um, what we were saying before, eh? there's so much volume coming out that it's it, it's quite a battle. <laughs> it's fun, it's fun. Um, it has to be fun, it's the only way to for you to make music, you know? It, it's been never a competition or... Of course, you always have the, the idea of just living making music, you know, but... So far, teaching for me has brought. I'm basking as well. I've done lots of basking. Done basking all over Australia for a year. Of friends have done Germany. I've done living in the caravan for six months and just play music, you know. And and that those those moments, you know, they, they come with the feeling, with the experience, you know, meeting the people and just selling CDs and, in the street and and that was a really cool time, you know. Um, well, I say that because uh, obviously uh, after the the lockdowns, uh, all of that has been gone now, and it's been all more like computer and computer music and computer reaction, you know. But um, I always like to, yeah, level it out a bit with the real world, and and I recently bought um I recently bought um a tape machine. I I had one for about half a year uh, and it worked perfectly. But while I was doing some, some recordings, uh, one of the of the heads, the internal heads that meant to take the tape after it's been spin by the rollers, it got kind of stuck. So I bought another one and I didn't like that tape recorder, so I'm after another one. But uh, I would like to just when everything comes back to normal, no, and do some gigs and have some CDs and tapes, you know. Tape filling is something that I grew up with, you know, and <laughs> me too. Just going with, <laughs> just going with the Walkman, you know, and when I was a kid, you know, with skate through my CD, and and then when the when the Discman came out, I remember buying one. I thought it was the the coolest thing, and then I put the disc where I could put suddenly seven of my tapes on just one disc right. and then when i went to the street as soon as i take took a step no not even doing skate but the it was jumping you couldn't you couldn't barely move well like having a disc when you know because it, it would just jump you know so i, I remember skip all over the like, place that was that was very very disappointing i know right i just ended up like just putting the discman on on the on home and, and just in a closet and just like forgetting about it and coming back to the Walkman. Eh? So I really want to have the, the, the last EP I, I, I released, although it's just like four songs. It's about like no more than 14, 15 minutes of, of music, but uh, it's really cool because you can listen to the songs like one by one, of course. Yeah. Uh, but you can also listen from the first to the last one, you know, and, um, everything is kind of uh, interconnected, you know. The second song uh, um, on the album, um, I've done it sampling my own 
my own sounds on the first song. So that's those tipos. So almost human is just a guitar and a and a synthesizer, and then I chopped, cut, and sampled all of that multiple times, and and kind of like done uh, gate, uh, really small gates that will leave the sound uh, pass a high volume, and then they will cut it, and then they will let pass again, and create the kind of a rhythm out of that melody, and yeah, um, it's it's great experimenting with that, you know. I don't have a I can't afford like having a tape and cut it and then just tape it together and then cut the beat here. And so kind of like recording myself kind of in an analog way, you know, because this guitar recordings was on, on, on a good analog system and then chopping, chopping them and just juggling them and creating something new. It was really interesting. I can't imagine trying to record on the tape, I and mean, that's like it seems like such an arch- archaic yeah. <laughs> thing to do these days. Because I mean, everybody everybody does it digitally nowadays. Even if you're getting an analog signal, like with a like a guitar cabinet, like you mic the cabinet with two different microphones, one on the left, one on the right channels, and so you get full stereo off mm. your cabinet and all that. And but you're still recording into a digital software, so it's mm. you know. In the end, it's still all done digitally these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah, and when I say tape, I don't, I don't mean the the, the old big tape with the reels. Yeah. I mean the, the typical, you know, I have an Akai, um, two side tapes. Um, right, right, right. And I have it connected to the card, you know, all around. So I was able to to digitize recently. Um, I hope she doesn't hear this because it's a surprise, you know. But mm-hmm. um, I have a fr- I have a friend get, getting married now, and and this friend she's a she's a journalist now, you know, and she's doing pretty good, you know. And when we were kids, I'm talking here when I was like seven, eight, eight year old, you know, we were just like messing around with the tape recorder and and faking that we had a show where we had a to, to say a piece of new, you know, every five minutes and then just put a bit of music and then kind of a fake show, just for fun, you know. And she ended up being a journalist and, and doing great on that, you know. So I was trying to, to digitize that through the system now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Man, I was talking to a guy the other day and he had he actually had his camera on, which is unusual. We're doing this via, <laughs> via Skype, so I never turned yeah. mine on. But uh, he had his camera on the whole time, and behind him on the shelf there was an actual old reel-to-reel tape player. And wow. I, I pointed it out to him, and he said, "Yeah, like I think one of the songs he'd actually used it. He recorded something onto it, and then digitized that. But he wanted to get that sound, that kind of organic, like so kind of cool. lo-fi type sound. Yeah. So yeah. he used that to record." like an acoustic guitar section, I think it was, uh-huh. like a, an acoustic intro or something like that. He used that reel-to-reel tape player or tape recorder to, to do it and then digitized it to add it into the song. I was like, that's a great idea. So just that's another, a great idea. Just another tool to be used in the arsenal. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, I've used I've used some um, noise, vinyl noise on my songs. For example, on uh, Barely Dreaming, uh, uh, you will hear it right away, you know, the song starts and you can hear the, the crackling 
uh, of the vinyl now. And it's something that it's it just gives me the feel the the feeling of like warmth and like something known, you know, something that you know it's kind of feels like a bit like home, you know, safe. Yeah, it's got that physical tactile yeah, feel about exactly. it. So you you can like feel the physical entity of it in the music. That's that's really pretty cool. Totally, totally. Um, I got that uh, a lot from uh, from Boreal. Boreal is another of, of my influences, and uh, uh, it is just great. I mean, uh, his stuff like it's just like atmospheric and. Uh, and then it has some other tracks more dancey and then some other more uh, atmospheric but with drums like very rhythmic um so got lots of influence from from that also from massive attack and party's head you now and so can feel if you know the bands you can you can really feel some influence of that uh on my music now and um yeah um, do you want me to tell you about mo- uh, a bit more about the future plans? Or? I was about to ask where you where yeah. you going from here. So, you read my mind. <laughs> thing is, um, I um, I met a um, an amazing singer, eh? Tracy Tracy Sampaio, and we've been collaborating on on a on a track. Um, I'm also recording her 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 EP now because I have this. Um, studio for mixing recording mixing and mastering here in edinburgh and um we just met at a party start jamming together uh, and it was great you know and she wanted me to produce her album which uh, it's really really cool and it's authentic and dancey and it'll come out sometime probably next year and um we just collaborated on a track together that will be coming before summer and it's i would say like 80 percent finished we're just retouching some some vocal parts here and there but um it was a really interesting track because it started with a really strong bass line kind of funky bluesy bass line you know that's cool and then um, just put something really simple for the drums, you know, letting it breathe. And she felt it right away. Uh, we were together when I was recording the, that bass line. Yeah? And she just, like, painted some amazing vocals on it. And and I just been working on it. I wanted some, some violins and some uh, kind of orchestral instrumentation added to the back of the beat, you know. That was like kind of filling the rest of the frequencies, you know, kind of like creating a mattress for it, because it was a really, it was really groovy, it was but it was punchy, you know. So when I put those violins in the back, it kind of softened it out and it, it worked great. So I have a, actually uploaded uh, uploaded an extract of that instrumentation into my into my Instagram if someone wants to check it out. Just at nice humans official, and you will see the logo with the hand, in black and white, and and I build uh, that instrumentation, and I muted it now, and on my door I muted the the bass and the and the drums, and it's I thought it was sounding really cool, and 
I just exported it and mounted it to some footage of I found like free copyright footage on, on YouTube. Some dancers and coming out of a Magdalene and black and white and and I just chopped it around and I created something short but I thought it was cool and as a wee teaser, you know, if uh, something is coming, something is developing here, you know, because as I was saying before, you know, I'm not the best at social media, especially being constant, you know, I like to at right. least put something every two or three days, but um, it doesn't mean I still do music every day, you know, but instead of like going and deciding to spend some time on on the content, just I just get sucked up on just doing more music, and then I realize that I haven't posted anything in, in three or four weeks, and I'm like, okay, this is a cool thing to share now. So I put that over my Instagram if someone wants to check it out, and hopefully we'll be releasing that track uh, before summer, sometime before summer. And then I got a couple of tracks. Um, I'm working on a on a wee EP. Um, I didn't 100% decide decided yet if I will just like release a couple of songs or like put all of them. But I'm basically using bell sounds, moon, like kind of hang drum sounds um, that I play myself and then I synthesize myself as well with the with the piano and then uh, it it's sounding great. It's it's different from the stuff. It's like the the stuff I have uh, already out, you know. Um, it's still smerging that electronic and organic music always kind of like to stay on the middle, you know, riding that that space, you know, where I have organic sounds going on and then I have some electronic sounds going on. So these new songs totally uh, check that box. But they, like, for example, that one is like three, three, four minutes, kind of, um, it's a new area for me, so I'm still finishing it, you know, and then I got a, another one with the, with the, with the hang drum, and that I've been playing for, for a while, it's kind of structured, but uh, I will, I would like to release all of that um, on this year, for sure, I don't know if before summer, um, yeah. That's what I have planned for now. That's awesome. Very ambitious. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with all that. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. I know uh, sometimes if I'm just working on, on one or two tracks, I'm like, hmm, I need I need to let my ears breathe a bit, you know. I don't want to lose pers- perspective, you know. So I try to start another project and see if it sees the light or it selfishly stays just for me. <laughs> I get that exactly. I mean, I have a. I'm trying to like. I've got an idea of a, a concept in mind. I want to do a, a solo project, um, and I kind of like having that to bounce back and forth between it and the stuff for my band, so I I don't get too laser focused and kind of get tunnel vision and don't really yeah. expand yeah. as an artist. I like to constantly try new things and try playing in different keys that I'm not used to playing in because you know I've. I was a rock slash metal rhythm guitar player forever, forever. So a, a lot of like you know just E minor power chord progressions. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you know tune down a drop D once in a while, so I'm playing D minor, and that was about it. You know, just but trying to 
like my band plays an all drop C now, so it's a little different. And then, but I've been trying different other tunings and just wild keys. Like I did a collab with a EDM guy last year, and it was all in F major, which was a key I I don't think I'd ever tried to play a song in on <laughs> guitar. Um, probably maybe on saxophone back in the day, but never on guitar. And, oh wow! So, but it was it was something fun to do, and it was really. It was really challenging and really helped stretch my ability. I I wasn't up to, I didn't think I was up to the challenge really at first. It was beyond my current skill set, so I had to bring my skill set up to match the challenge. So that that's that's where I enjoy you know things that are beyond my current ability. So I have to like work my ass off to you know get the ability up there to where it it'll work. Totally. So what kind of guitar do you play? So I have um, a special affection for the Spanish uh, kind of flamenco-ish guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have two classical guitars. So they're a bit different than the flamenco. So the flamenco is a bit thinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't have a, such, a, such, such a wide box. But I bought, I bought, I bought a flamenco one and I, I didn't like it, you know. It was about less than 200 pounds. I thought it was really cheap. I tried it and I played it for, to be honest, by the end of the day, I knew I, I, it wasn't what I needed, you know. Maybe it's because I've been playing uh, flamenco guitars that are a bit more on the high rent, you know, but always like borrowed uh, or from a friend, you know, that wasn't playing anymore. And then getting, then getting the guitar, I didn't feel it that much, but... Um, when I go into the into the classical one, I like kind of it sounds like flamenco. I would call it fake flamenco, you know, because I'm not a flamenco player, you know. But I like to use that and put some effects on, for example, on barely dreaming. You can hear the electric guitar just for a bit, and I have another song. As I was saying before, I also like uh, stone rock and hard rock, you know. I have a tune. Um, I have a tune with them. S- still building is one of the tunes that you abandon and then uh, trying to to find the right shape for it. But is but I know we'll release it at some point and that's full electric guitar with solo included. Um, I'm not I'm not a great guitarist, but I enjoy you know just I, I would say like my favorite instruments like bass you know is a most fun to play for me so uh, nowadays you know with the with, with the gear and and the effects it's like a guitar or a bass can just become anything uh, so sometimes i would use i will use uh, a guitar but i would tweak it and i would put so much effects on it that uh, it would just become something else it would be like kind of uh, connecting a, a guitar to, into a synth you know um but it's always trying to keep the the balance, you know, between the organic and electronic. You know. um, my guitars are not expensive uh, uh, or like uh, iconic at all. I the the electric guitar I have, I I've seen it on. We have a a market here on on Sundays. Not anymore, but I guess it'll come it'll come back at some point. And it happens underground here in Edinburgh and Leith, eh? and the 
I literally just had 15 pounds, but I've seen it uh, being sold there in, on the market, you know. Um, and I um, I asked the guy, um, how much was the guitar? He said, 40 pounds. And I said, wow, okay, um, nice, sorry. Um, just continue watching stuff and working on And don't want to make it too long, but in the end, I managed to get it for 15 pounds. And that's the guitar I had since then. Um, it works great. Um, no, um, don't need anything else at the moment in terms of the electric guitar. Um, I have another one, which is the Encore one. That's I had that tuned in, uh, in C for a while. And I use it for, for kind of like darker stuff, you know. Maybe not stuff that I would release on Nice Humans, but I also love metal and you know, just collaborating with friends and just like recording the occasional jam and going crazy with instruments and on, on, on tunings, you know, or open tuning. So I try to keep the the cheap one on the same tuning because it's not on on, on her best state, but keep the other one for, for lower and darker stuff. And then in terms of of gear, um, I got a, the the jazz bass is it's the square version though, but it works great. I tried the, uh, the three of them, Mexican and the American, and I thought for the price and square one it was it was just great for what I needed. Um, I made Danny has another another bass, and it's uh, really light, you know. So when we play in live, we just use that one and. Uh, it keeps a good balance, you know. And the studio, I got the uh, drums, I got um, a machine drum synthesizer, and some pedals. Um, that and with a card. It's basically all I need, no? It's not the biggest space, but um, I'm I'm happy with, with with. Normally, I'm always happy with what I have, you know. So um, just with a guitar can make music, you know. Beatboxing can make a song if you want, you know. So I'm really exactly. glad I have the space. Yeah, exactly. Um, something I can recommend if someone is listening and is interested in um, not soundproofing, but like making their studio sound better, is just um, I've been doing this project, <clears throat> which was like collecting as much towels I could as I could, and this was pre-corona times, and I. And I got around 100 towels. <laughs> it was quite a lot of uh, trouble back uh, uh, to picking to pick it up and coming back. No? But I managed to to build some really cool panels, and it's basically seven layers of towels, the towel you would use when you go out of the shower. No? And basically, you just put them on a frame and just hang them on the wall. I I went a bit a bit further and bought some. Some ultra wools, kind of like a natural wool, you know, mm-hmm. um, that you can cut and it's not toxic and it absorbs the sound very, very good. And I just put them around the studio and it works great for mixing, but also for recording. And I can record folk here and singers and any other. I didn't have any frequency issues or like. So. I actually yeah, watched a video of a guy uh-huh. on YouTube that did that, and he had he was testing all sorts of different materials. He had he was outside uh-huh. and he had a he had a microphone, and he uh-huh. would lay different materials on top of it, and then send a sound through a speaker, 
and it's the guy that it's yeah it's the guy that lost lost one right i think it was exactly the same guy probably so and he he tried like the (laughs) the cheap sound sound foam like you buy from wish and like some i don't know some other different types of foam and insulation and found that towels were like the very best one to use and they, they mm-hmm. absorbed like ton of sound, like almost like up to professional grade insul- sound insulation levels, and all the f- across the full spectrum too. It not, didn't like let all the bass through and just cut out the highs like some of this cheap foam will do. Uh huh, um, exactly. And I yeah, had that I, cheap foam back in Spain. I I I was so happy to spend so little. Uh, I've done the, the. Um, I can tell you from first hand that uh, uh, there is a there is a difference that. An audible difference, you know. Should um, we should totally put it on the on the show notes. Um, that oh, definitely. Video. <laughs> I have I have I may have something I made too. I had my apartments here. There was a couple of um the maintenance people had thrown away a couple of hollow core interior doors. Oh, so yeah. I took I took those doors and I popped the the uh, veneer off one side, so it was just an empty cavity, and I lined it with towels and then wrapped it with black fabric. I just bought a sheet. Walmart. So I've got these two like doors. They, they're just black panels, big black panels now, but they're in the corner right here by my desk that help dampen the sound. They help absorb a lot of the echo and stuff in here. It worked That's great. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. I just got a call from from my friend Al yesterday, uh, and he was like, "Bro, I'm collecting some towels. I'm gonna do this." Um, you won't even be able to see them, so I don't need to build the frame because he has kind of a tapestry going over the wall. And <laughs> if you already have a, have a tapestry, you know, right. and if you're a musician that already has something on the wall thinking about that and, and, and can use towels behind it, you know, even if it's a picture, you know, if you yeah. have a picture uh, hanging on the wall, just put some seven layers of towels on it, you know, it, it suddenly will become a, a absorbent panel no? and um whoever that wants to check the quality of it you can go to spotify nice humans and, and hear the tracks you know um not the best mixer or master engineer you know don't even consider myself like a uh, expert like engineer is a, is a, was a word with he- heavy heaviness you know because it's just i'm self-taught you know so but i think it sounds great you know and and anyone today with a wee card and a wee computer, you know, even if it's just dropping a blanket on your head, you know, there is no excuse today not to put that idea you have in your head and just let it come to us. Yeah, it's that's a really good trick. I'm I've been sharing it with people that I know, like my brother who also has a podcast and. I was sharing with him. He's gonna try to make some panels similar to that to put up in his little. They have a back room in their house that's that's it's like a little office area, but and it's, mm-hmm. they've got a little sofa in there that folds out into a bed. So like they need the extra bedroom for guests and whatnot. But um, usually it's just used for the podcast. And he does one with a buddy of his, and then he and his wife have now started one too. So he's doing two podcasts fairly regularly out of there now. Uh, they're they're trying to do one weekly and they've they've missed a couple weeks here and there but they've been fairly consistent at it for the past couple months now so it's, they're really kind of getting that going too so nice it's it's fun but, yeah 
I forgot where I was going with that, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was saying he was gonna get some, try to uh, get some of these panels to put up because he's got a room that's, right. it's all I think it's hardwood or laminate flooring in there, wood flooring, and uh-huh. it's all hard walls and everything and hard ceilings, so it it gets a little echoey at times. And I was like, dude, just make like two or three of these panels and it'll completely solve all that echo. It'll kill it completely. All that room yeah. waver will be gone. Definitely worth a try, man. Definitely. Absolutely. It can't hurt. It's, and they're as inexpensive as they are. Like when I was trying to collect yeah, towels yeah. for this, I was like tr- trying to like ask relatives and stuff if they had any. And I just gathered a few here and there. And I had a few older ones laying around that I could use. But then like I was combing the Facebook marketplace and there was someone that had like this giant plastic tote tub just filled with towels and stuff that they were, they were old stuff they were getting rid of. I was like, perfect. That's <laughs> Perfect. Man. Like $15 I, for all of them. That's perfect. I, I just uh, did ended up doing the same, you know, ask my friends. And then I was like, well, if I need to cover all of this with panels, I, uh, I will need more. No? I put this message on, on Facebook and I got contacted by this guy that works in a spa. So I got oh. 16 towels, like king size, like almost new, no, like like there was a couple that had some some holes you know but uh but it's like perfect condition and all the same color like kind of a gray green like dark you know so i was able to put all the random towels behind the panels and just use that for the cover so it was just like perfect i i didn't i didn't pay for any of the towels in the end it was like facebook groups you know Leeds share and Meadows share, you know, in Edinburgh, like um, pretty big groups where people will like, just get rid of stuff that they don't really need, no? So That's everybody really cool. gets winning. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Well, what time is it over there? It's almost 4.30 in the afternoon here. So you're what? I think oh, yeah. six hours ahead we determined. So it's like 10.30 uh, over there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect, perfect. 10.30. Yeah. I was uh, just speaking with someone from the from uh down in the uk earlier um no 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 no, no. that was before my, my last international guest was in the netherlands actually um uh-huh. a week or two ago i just i've been talking to people from all over the place it's so crazy nice. it, it's, it's cool to be able to do that I and mean, i've had guests from singapore yeah. south africa and every and all over the united states and it and canada and just you name it it's it, it's so it's cool it's a fun thing it's, is this stuff that it will come up or, or the stuff that you already released? Um, some of them, some of those ones I named like South Africa and, and, uh-huh. uh, and um, Singapore. Those were already past episodes. Um, right. I've got other ones I've talked to, a uh, couple in California, um, one in Alabama, um, different states here in the States. And then like the one in the, my second actual guest in the Netherlands was just a few days ago. Um, my first one was Hipster Pug last year, and that was the EDM artist that I wound up doing a feature on for him. So, uh-huh. wow, ah, the one that you collaborated, you said before, yeah, yeah, exactly. That nice. one, he, he's from the Netherlands, also. So. Oh man, that's great, man. Um, Lauren Nordstrom was the one from South Africa, she has one of the most gorgeous singing voices I've ever heard on anyone anywhere, but you know. 
and then and then Winifred Tan from Singapore. She's a drummer. It was hilarious because I was talking to her and was looking at her Instagram as we were getting ready to do this. And I was there's a shot of her with her band on. Or actually, I think it's a previous band, a cover band she was playing in for a while on stage. At she's a drummer, and they were at the uh, Hard Rock Cafe there in Singapore. And I'm like, hmm, that looks just exactly like it did when I was there back in uh-huh. like. 92 <laughs> she's like oh, i wasn't even born yet <laughs> <laughs> did you play there no i was in the navy so i just happened to stop in there ah wow <laughs> it, was, it was funny though to see like some place from way like halfway around the world or actually yeah. the other side complete other side of the world from me right now and it's like so on someone's Instagram where they were playing a gig, they was like, oh, yeah, I've been to that place. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. Oh, I miss traveling. Um, as soon as this all comes down, I'd like to, to pay a visit to to America for sure. Now that situation is even calmer now. No? And yeah. After, yeah. Um. Trump and the Capitol and all of that, you know, it's pretty sad. Um, yeah, it's looking forward to to gigging and doing festivals, and traveling again. I love playing live. We actually have two shows booked next week, so well, it'll be uh, it'll be several weeks ago by the time this airs. But as we're recording it, next <laughs> week I have two two gigs lined up already. <laughs> so when when do you uh, when will you release this? Um, there's I released them in the order they were recorded, and I've got like seven others recorded already. So it's gonna be oh, like wow. almost two months before this this releases. <laughs> nice. And I'm I'm kind of having to slow down now on recordings. I don't uh-huh. want to get it too far out because we'll talk about things that are like. Half of it's well, not half. Yeah. There'll be items. There'll be things that come up during our conversation that'll be completely irrelevant by the time yeah, yeah. it's actually posted. So there was Sometimes one episode you'll... actually, actually the one with the the girl in Singapore, the drummer in Singapore. Um, uh-huh. I I wound up holding that one back for I think about two or three months so I could drop it right after their album released. So nice. Kind of help. Yeah, to kind of help get a little bit more awareness and drive a little bit more traffic to their album. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. It's a great tool of, of promotion. No? I was saying that sometimes you, I will listen to a podcast now, and they they will be they will need to put a um a message before saying this this episode was recorded during this time because it was like so long ago, you know that to yeah. be relevant they need a they need a, to put them back in they need to put people back into the situation. No? You have to preface it with that. I've had to do that a time or two because it was uh, yeah. several months old. Like I released one. Um, I'd gone on a bit of a hiatus in the second part of last year, and it was about four months that I did not release an episode. And the first couple were ones that I had recorded prior to the hiatus. So uh, they were like one was I think it was almost six months earlier I'd actually recorded it before I wound up releasing it. So oh. I ha- I had to go in and add a little disclaimer at the beginning of that saying, you know, this was recorded back in the summer and here we are December. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry if there are a few references here that seem a little out of place, but that that's why. 
people are used to that when they're listening to podcasts because you like you listen to one podcast from someone you, you like and you want up going back and listen to some um yeah. you know, past episodes and yeah. it may be one an episode from two or three years ago <laughs> same with totally. like YouTube you know some of the YouTubers I watch like I was re- watching uh one called the Punk Rock NBA with Finn McKenty he does and and some of the references he was throwing down in there I was like wait a minute what that's already he's like talking about Things that hadn't happened yet, and I was like, "But wait, that was two years ago." What? And I looked down; it's from 2018. <laughs> like, oh, okay, that that explains that. <laughs> yeah. um, there is something that freaks me out when I go into YouTube, no, and suddenly is recommending me videos from 2013 or 2012. You know, I'm like, "Why? Why now?" And and then I will go into the comments, and uh, I will see like recent comments. Saying the same, no? Why is this video being recommended to me now? <laughs> like, algorithms work in mysterious ways, bro. <laughs> that they do. Yeah. Well, well, you know what, Marcel? I think it's about time we yeah. wrap this up here. Get on with the rest of our day. Yeah. It was great talking to you, Bill. Uh, I mean, I have never done an interview like like this um, just by by Skype you know without actually looking at the person and uh, nevertheless like uh, either that that long well it was great I had a great time thanks a lot for inviting me me too I want um, to tell everybody one more time before we get off here where they can find you I mean I'll obviously add it in the show notes in the description but this so everybody knows okay nice so the easiest way is to just head out to to my official website now, nicehumansofficial.com. And there you can find all the links to all my my music and all my socials. They're all in the same place. So then you can head to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, you know. I'm on all those places as well as Bandcamp, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all, all of that, you know. Best way, nicehumansofficial.com. That's the best easy way awesome well man it was great talking to you and uh good luck in your with your future endeavors i hope those those new tracks come out really great and really do well for you thanks will glad glad to talk to you and and glad to come back anytime awesome thank you have a great rest of your day you too bye-bye bye-bye Thank you for listening to another episode of the Autonomy Talent Podcast. Whether you're listening as you're commuting to work or as you're washing the dishes or mowing the yard, we greatly appreciate you listening and helping us to support indie artists everywhere. Be sure to follow us all over social. You can find us at Autonomy Pod, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. And we're also at Autonomy Talent on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, you name it, or you simply just go to autonomytalent.com slash links. From there, we have links to where you can listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast player, be it the Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Play Music, or even Stitcher. And also, there's the Podbean app. They are our hosting service, and they do have their own app. So if you grab the Podbean app, you can actually catch our show as well as many other podcasts. And lastly, if you go to that links page and you still don't see your favorite podcasting app, the one that you like to use, just drop me a note and I'll be sure it gets added to whatever player you like to use. 
to send me a message, just go to Autonomy Talent on either Twitter or Instagram and drop me a quick DM letting me know which app you like to use and I will go immediately or as soon as I can and add our feed to that app. And while we're on the subject of sending me a message, if you are an artist and you would like to be interviewed for this show or have your works featured on the Indie Artist Spotlight episodes that we release on Wednesdays and the occasional Fridays, drop me a line, same way, Twitter or Instagram, and let me know that you'd like to be featured. Shoot me a link with some of your work and I'll take a look at it and we'll see what we can do by getting you on the show. And that wraps up yet another episode of the Autonomy Talent Podcasts. Thank you again for listening and I hope you enjoy this half as much as I do because for me it's it's a ball getting to talk to these amazing artists and getting to feature their works on the spotlight episodes that we do it's just it's just fun so I hope you're having fun with it as well and we're going to keep cranking these things out so in closing remember to always live intentionally